My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagoner. We're back. Here we go, another edition of Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And I am Richard Wagoner. And as we have our monthly visit every month, we have Dave Beezing with us. It's uh, thank you. It, 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 monthly visit. It makes it sound like yeah. it's uh, something else that people deal with, uh, especially women. But uh, okay, we're already in trouble. What are we like? Thirty seconds into the show. Great to have you here, Dave. You always bring some insight into what we what we're talking about in, into Richard's column. First, we talked about the anchor leaving KNX, but you went a little further in depth with that, right, Richard? It's just a little bit more about his history, where he started. It's fine. I didn't realize he only had two jobs in radio from basically the same company or the remnants of the company, whatever's left of it now. He was in, uh, what was it, WBBM, and then he moved to KNX to be closer to his wife. And apparently for a while competed against his wife when she was on KBC at one time, a respectable station. And of course, we're talking about Dick Helton, yep. and he retired what a couple of weeks ago, right? Yeah, and his his baritone voice is what uh, it, it almost soothed people when he's giving the news. Very just a, a professional guy. All right, uh, the next part of your column is something that fits into what we talk about all the time about owners going for that final buck that they can squeeze out of a radio station. And that's happened in uh, San Francisco at a legendary radio station. And maybe we can expect it here locally as well. Tell us about what's going on at KGO. I'm actually surprised they didn't do it here first, to be honest, because I think KBC has less to lose in a sense from ratings and listenership. But they basically took KGO in San Francisco. They took a radio station that was... uh, a news talk and just kind of totally blew it out of the water. They in one day, I think they gave just a couple hours notice for the for the host to say goodbye, and then they kind of stunted over the next few days before the launch of their new all sports betting format. Yeah, there are air checks out there of the, the when it changed over, and it seems like the people that were on the air at the time they changed over didn't even get much warning there because you can hear. They're talking about something, and then suddenly there's some silence, and the host says something about, well, I guess we got to go here now. And then they go into this announcement that they're changing over. So yeah. it was just a weird, weird changeover. You know, I've never understood stations that do that. I mean, I kind of understand the idea of you don't want to give your competition a leg up or whatever like that. But, you know, Dave, you had your station go off the air. They went off, they were, they actually did a sign off for about, you know, eight months because you never, <laughs> was going to yeah, but was a lot. we didn't know when, when, when they were going to pull the plug. So yeah. we started a little earlier than we maybe in hindsight could have, but <laughs> it, it was a long swan song. It truly was. It was hard to, it was, I remember at the time of thinking, God, this is like come to work at a never-ending funeral every day. It's, uh, <laughs> it, it was it got a little a little depressing at times. But you know, as I told the staff when it all started to go down, I said, you know, this isn't about ratings anymore. This is about legacy, and so we had fun uh, milking it for that. And you, and you did a great job of that. Everybody will remember the last day of the sound. 
And they, I don't know that I don't know that they're going to remember the last day of KGO though. They'll, they'll it'll bring back anger. You know, the yeah. people still have fond memories of the sound. And you know, it's funny. I don't. Again, I don't know why stations do that. They why not give a chance for these people to sign off? They're going to want to get another job anyway, so they're not going to do anything stupid. So let them do it, especially when you're changing formats totally into something like this, where it's pretty much only syndicated and other, you know, I always look at it as, you know, if Jim Rome is your big appeal, that's kind of sad. Yeah. And and again, this matches what we talked about, about how station owners really don't care anymore they just are trying to milk the 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 last dime out of a station that they possibly can and do you expect this at kbc i don't know for sure um because i really don't know what cumulus's decision will be with kbc long term if they're planning on selling it or doing something else but it's been rumored for a while so it wouldn't surprise me one way or the other yeah it's it's interesting that ratings and, and this can be said about the underperforming stations like a KGO and about the top rated stations as well. Ratings just don't matter as much as they used to. They're investing. These companies are investing less in their top rated stations as well in terms of what they put into the programming. Uh, a lot of times, I mean, uh, look at K-Rock in the past couple of years. It's it's they've clearly been trying to save their way to profitability, uh, greater profitability, and um, starting with all the cutbacks on the Kevin and Bean show and not finding a way to get those guys resigned and and uh, you know it's um, it's sad to see the medium spend less on product even for top stations. It could be a good thing in a weird way. Because radio needs to invent itself again anyway, so if we can get the dead wood out of the way, this is one way to do it. In all these formats, certainly they're not going to last. There's not going to be any listeners left to the band, so the creative people will come back and do something with it. It's kind of like a renaissance of a, a bad area of town. Or the other problem would be is that the owners just turn the licenses in like we reported on it in Colorado. So, Sports is interesting because it... And and sports betting would be – this would be true of sports betting too. It's really not about ratings at all. Um, there are lots of advertisers that want to be on those games and on those shows either for vanity's sake or because they want the association. They don't want their competitor to be the beer that is on those uh, shows and on those uh, right. events. And uh, I, I know of many situations where – uh, you've got a sports station in a market that's ranked, you know, twelfth, fifteenth, whatever, and it's outbilling stations that are in the top five. Mm. Over the long term, that can't be healthy. It just can't be. Not good for the medium o- over the long term. No. Right. right. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, the final thing in your column we touched on, and it's again back to the independent. Uh, operators. Uh, Saul's got uh, some additional programming going on over at uh, his stations. What's what's up yeah, with Saul Levine? We talked about this already. It's just a, a rehash because it was never in the print paper, so I just kind of oh, ran. that's right. It's talking about the new, um, uh, what is it, Broadway to Hollywood, and uh, that's the new Opera House as well. So we talked about it last week, so I'll have you direct them to that. All right, and speaking of changes... Thanks to uh, the Sound Facebook page, 
there seems to be a lot of things going on over at uh, 88.5, which is where a lot of listeners went after the sound went off the air. So they're listening to 88.5. But there's some changes going on there. Uh, Dave, do you know anything about uh, what's going on over there? I have not. I know many people over there. Some of our former colleagues uh, at the Sound are now at the SoCal Sound, as they call it, at 88.5. And I've not talked to them uh, because it's so much more fun this way, you know, to just be (laughs) to be a stupid outsider who speculates, doesn't know what the research says or what the goals are, what the revenue challenges are. I don't want those headaches. I had them for years. I don't need to know that. All I need to do now is just sit on the sideline and tell them they're wrong. So it's, yeah, so it's, it's a lot more fun. We can can make up stuff here and just say, you know, we heard, even though it's ourselves. (laughs) Dave talks about, oh, he doesn't know what's going on over there and all of that, which is, which I, I believe him, but he does understand why stations change. And you might have some insight in that area, right? Well, yeah, I've been doing some thinking about what's going on over there and just looking at it purely as an outsider uh, to what seems to be happening. The the commotion from the the former sound fans that are still active on Facebook, a lot of it came from uh, Mimi Chen, her show getting canceled on Sunday afternoons called Peace, Love and Sundays, which was a transfer from the old 100.3 The Sound. She was on Sunday mornings. It was uh, Peace, Love and Sunday mornings at the time, uh, kind of a an older based uh, uh, music show. The concept originally was that it was kind of um, hippie skippy with uh, right. uh, Mimi was uh, the, is, is known as the flower child. And, and uh, so it was uh, music that didn't get played that much on classic rock and she's evolved it some since then and done a really nice job. So uh, that crowd really does miss that show. I guess her last show was last Sunday, uh, but that is, one of several moves that they appear to be making where they're taking these specialty shows that differ from their normal format and either canceling them or moving them late at night, getting them out of prime time kind of hours. Usually when a station does that, it's because they believe in what they're doing as a format and their regular rotation of music and so forth. And they want people to know what's going to be on the radio station when they turn it on. Mm. Uh, they, they want to be more consistent about that music recipe being on when people turn on the station. So uh, it's, it's, a, it's a difficult trade-off, I would think, especially for a station like this that is not that ratings dependent um, as other stations are, being a public radio station that relies upon uh, contributors for their income. You know, there are two constituencies to a commercial station or a public station. You've got your your listeners, uh, and more precisely, the listeners who participate in Nielsen ratings uh, on the one hand, and then you've got your uh, advertisers, contributors, whoever it is, commercial versus public, uh, on the other side of things, the contributors can include people who are, in essence, advertisers who like to have that underwriting message on there. And for those folks, they probably care a little bit about how big the audience is and who is in that audience. So the the ratings, uh, the listenership 
is something they consider if they're a contributor of that type, um, an organization or a corporate entity or what have you. You've got your uh, record label folks as well mm. who want a station like this in Southern California that plays current music of this type. Right. Yeah. And they are restricted by the the payola rules that they can't just write a check for airplay, but they they can do things. The, the modern version of that is uh, they can, without it being quid pro quo, they can't, there can't be any evidence that they said, if you play my record, I will do this. Nevertheless, if they have an artist that could become available for a fundraising event, a concert, that sort of thing, uh, or if they have, have a station out there that needs some T-shirts or some digital advertising or some bumper stickers or, or um, whatever sort of promotional support, they can go out and support a station in that way. They just can't write direct checks and say it was because of airplay. You, you can do that if you um, if you announce it on the air, can't you? Like this, yeah. this portion is sponsored by whatever... Yeah, that's true. You 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 could you could do that, and there have been some some people that experiment with with that. I don't know what their budget is, where it, uh, how much of their income, their revenue is derived from listeners spending one hundred, two hundred, whatever a year uh, with monthly donations on the low end, uh, versus advertising type contributors versus organizations, foundations. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have it. no idea. Uh, of, among the listeners that make those smaller contributions, a lot of them probably are passionate about those shows like Peace, Love, and Sundays. Uh, that that may be when Mimi Chen uh, says, hey, it's fundraising time, and if you love this show, you need to support it. That may be something that gets the phones to ring during those pledge drives. Um, so they may lose some revenue from having less of those sorts of shows on the air. Uh, on the other hand, if they can drive more listenership to the overall format, if they think that's what they're going to do by playing the regular format more, then they may see upside in that direction, or they may have listeners who are passionate about their regular format that they think will support them in that, uh, as well as their their other contributors. So it's um, that's all just speculation from the sidelines about how they must be looking at this. I did take a look at the music in regular rotation uh, online, looked at some lists and, and that sort of a thing. And there are some changes that have happened lately. And you do hear some of those folks uh, that are complaining about losing those specialty shows, which are mostly gold-oriented kind of specialty shows, right? Um, complaining that the station is playing a lot newer music overall. And... That is somewhat true. The average era of the station in regular rotation, Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. to 7 p. So really going to the prime hours to see what's what they're really trying to do when when they're in prime. The average era of the station over the past year has moved from 2002 to 2005 uh, musically. So they've moved it up a little bit. Uh, their current to gold ratio is about the same as it used to be. They're still about two thirds gold and about one-third current and recurrent in their regular uh, rotation. So not a, not a big difference there. But if you look at who the artists are in those current songs that they're playing, looking at October of 2021, a Monday through Friday daytime 
list of the top 20 songs. It was, I'll read the artist list of the top 20. St. Paul and the Broken Bones, Jack White, Courtney Barnett, Band of Horses, Lindsey Buckingham, My Morning Jacket, Orla Gartland, Tori Amos, They Might Be Giants, Indigo de Sousa, Eels, Sting, Neil Francis, Duran Jones, and the Indicators. I'm not sure they are artists. It cut me off here. Ahi, Melissa Etheridge, um, Good Morning, The Regrets, Parquet Courts, and Johnny Marr. And my mince pronunciations tell you how up on things I am. <laughs> but that's that was from a year ago. Eight out of 20 of those songs come from what we'll call heritage artists like Tori Amos, Sting, They Might Be Giants, people like that. Right. Whereas now the top 20, Phoenix, Sudan Archives, Mount Joy, Mitski, Vaux, Michelle Branch, Death Cab for Cutie, Dora Jar, Barnes Courtney, so forth, so on. Zero out of the top 20 are those heritage type of artists. So those classic rock and more rock oriented listeners are also noticing Monday through Friday a movement towards the newer type of new music, if that makes sense. That right. that stuff that is a little bit more uh, poppy, less guitar-oriented kind of new music that's sure. out there. So there is that. And if you look at the overall artists now, including the top artists uh, uh, on the station, the top 10 artists on the station from a year ago versus today, a year ago... Seven out of 10 of the top artists were gold artists, number one being David Bowie, number two being Pearl Jam, number four, Talking Heads, five, U2, Bob Marley, number six. Seven out of 10 of the top artists on the station were artists that aren't even recording anymore. Mm. Whereas now, out of the top 10 artists on the station, you've still got Tom Petty and you 2 and some people in there. David Bowie is, still makes the top 10, but it's four out of the top 10 that aren't recording now as opposed to seven out of the top 10. So they've definitely moved the station a little bit more progressive, a little bit more current, cutting edge, that sort of a thing. Maybe there's some record label benefit to that. I don't know. Although they're playing 92 current songs in a week compared to 131 per week uh, before they focused their current music a little bit more, but it's focused a little bit less around those classic rock heritage type artists, even in the current music. Which is interesting to me because as we've talked about in regards to the sound, when you first started, you tried to beef up the currents and you tried to make, yeah. uh, make the station play a lot more new music and the research didn't bear it out if i remember correctly right? yeah the ratings didn't bear it out uh for sure we were launched as a triple a station as kcsn is uh adult album alternative the, the format type we started as that and then ended up morphing towards classic rock uh, because i think the station signed on the sound signed on in april of 2008 is that right yeah and ppm ratings nielsen ratings went from diary to ppm mm. in i think august september of that year where it okay. became the currency yeah. not to mention the economy crashing as well that year right. Right. so when we launched we were starting to get up in that two share range with diaries and our Corporate bosses said, you know, a two share in Los Angeles will make money. 
that's that's fine. That's 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 our goal is just, you know. But when PPM came in and you went from diary measurement, recall measurement to meters for Nielsen or Arbitron as it was at the time, AAA stations all around the country took a dive. Mm. And and we did too. Our all of our momentum stopped when PPM came in. Uh, so because PPM does not like current music. That would still apply, I would think, in this case, to some degree. But on the other hand, they are a public radio station, per se, and they're supposed to be doing things that are different. So maybe there's some philosophy going on there yeah. that, that isn't ratings-driven. If, yeah. if the donors who make big donations aren't finding the music anywhere else... They might be willing to make big donations where if the music can be found elsewhere, they're not as likely to do that. Dave, does it, do you think it might have anything to do? Because these were not volunteer people, right? They were professional paid people. Do you think also it might have anything to do with being able to cut a few positions and have the weekly staff kind of, I don't know, pre-record the shows or do voice tracking or whatever? Maybe. Yeah, that's uh, you know that that would be pure speculation. So let's say yes. No, I, I am just. <laughs> well, and it's kind of early to tell because we haven't seen the whole metamorphosis yet. So yeah, there... it could be. I, I don't yeah, know. That's wondering. A good, that's a good point. Yeah. Do you All think right. it might have anything to do with the changes that you're seeing at K Rock? Because if they've gone away from being a little more modern, progressive, back to a little more gold, uh, is it a slight reaction to those changes? Maybe. Um, yeah, maybe. But the current music it, that they're playing, the percentage of current is about the same now on, on 88.5 as it was a year ago. It's just there's a little bit of a shift away from uh, Sting and Jack White and Tori Amos' new music to Mount Joy, Dora Jar, Barnes Courtney, uh, Biba Doobie. Um, Lissy, uh, local natives. Uh, it's it, it it is newer artists for sure. We'll have to keep an eye on this because it it will be an interesting test for that station and for uh, new music on the radio in general because we've talked about how new music is just not played on the radio. Richard did the survey of his class and. They all went to Spotify for their music. Yeah. So yeah. this is going to be an interesting test to see if it if they can pull it off, right? If they're going to yeah. be able to pull it off. Absolutely. That is the other factor that a lot of new music fans and all music fans are going more and more to streaming. Uh, 18 to 34, what statistic did I see this week? I think past three years, 18 to 34s, uh, radio has lost 40% of the 18 to 34 mm. audience that they had three years ago. That can't yeah. be. I keep hearing from the NAB that everything. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I think on that note, we'll, uh, we'll close things down here That's before we get into snarky comment to end. Yeah, up. Right. Yes. <laughs> the, the, right. Richard gets the last word. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, Dave, thanks again. You gave us some insight as to what may be going on over there. We'll <laughs> keep an eye on things. And uh, we'll be back again next week with another edition of Radio Waves. Radio Waves.